Acts 16, I'll be using the, the message today. Paul came first to Derby, then Lystra. He found a disciple there by the name of Timothy, son of a devout Jewish mother and Greek father. Friends in Lystra and Iconium all said, what a fine young man he was. And Paul wanted to recruit him for their mission, but first took him aside and circumcised him so he wouldn't offend the Jews who lived in those parts. They all knew that his father was Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they presented the simple guidelines of the um, they presented the simple guidelines the Jerusalem apostles and teachers had come up with. That turned out to be most helpful. Day after day, the congregation became stronger in faith and larger in size. They went to Phrygia and then on through the region of Galatia. Their plan was to turn west into Asia province, but the Holy Spirit blocked that route. So they went to Mysia and tried to go north to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them go there either. Proceeding on through Mysia, they went down to the seaport Troas. That night, Paul had a dream. A Macedonian stood on the far shore and called across the sea, come over to Macedonia and help us. And the dream gave Paul his map. He went to work at once, getting things ready to cross over to Macedonia. All the pieces had come together. We knew now for sure that God had called us to preach the good news to the Europeans. Okay, we'll just stop there. There are two things about mission work I'd like to say right up front in advance. Number one is the purpose of missions is to strengthen where mission work has already been done. You ever thought about it that way? Now, when Janie and I got involved in missions back in the late 1990s, we actually were invited to participate in an ongoing mission work in Ukraine. And so it was not something we started. We actually joined together with someone. And we went to Ukraine where mission work had already been started, and that's where we got our start in mission. Now, there's, a, there's another aspect of mission work, which is what we see happening in Acts 16. We see them both in work, actually. Uh, in Acts 16, just, just read it, and you'll see that Paul and Silas and Luke were traveling around, and they were, they were working with churches that had already been established. Okay, As apostles, they were revisiting missions that had already been established and strengthening them and you'll find that if you keep reading that the churches were strengthened and increased and they grew by the activity, the work of the apostles. Okay? Now the other kind of mission work that we see here is, is mission work on the initial phase. It's mission work where mission work's never been done before. And what happened was, is Paul received a dream one night where there was this guy in Macedonia saying, come over and help us. Mission work had never been done there before. These were European people. And so, and so Paul and Silas and Luke then went to Macedonia where they met Lydia and they preached by the riverside at a prayer meeting, a small group of women, and the gospel door was opened into Europe. Okay? 
And so there's the two phases, strengthening what's already been established and then going to establish new work. Now, isn't it interesting that on two occasions, as I read to you, if you picked up on it, Paul had his own mindset about where he wanted to go. And the Holy Ghost said, mm -hmm, nope, ain't going there. Now, you have to understand that Paul was an apostle, and, and part of the makeup of an apostle is to go and establish churches. That just comes along with it. That's part of the apostolic call. And so can you imagine his frustration when him having a desire to go to this particular place and, and, and establish churches or he worked with churches that's already been established whenever, whenever the Holy Spirit said, mm -mm, not going there. Twice, two times. He would, you know, he would have to be saying, well, why not for goodness sake? I bet he did ask that question to the Lord. Now, what you want to bet? Although it's not recorded, he had to have been thinking, why not? It was a good thing. It's part of who I am. It's part of what I'm Why can't I go and do this? Well, you know what would have happened if he had went hard-headed right on into what he wanted to do and had not went here and had this dream. See, he was, God had appointed him to go to Troas in his frustration and in his desire. He had to take this alternative, alternative route, go to Troas, where he would actually have this dream. And as a result of him being obedient to the Holy Spirit, a great door was opened, one that he could never have opened by himself. And if he had went another direction, God would have simply used somebody else. And Paul would have missed the blessing of opening the gospel doors of the Gentiles in Europe. And he did that because God
I went to, um, I've been to Kenya with uh, two other ministries. They were invited me to go, and I went to Kenya. Got the, got the experience uh, uh, initially, mission work in Africa. And then in um, 2005, 2006, me and Dan and John, my son-in-law, had the opportunity to go into Nigeria. And that was our own mission. We, you know, we had a contact there, but we went around um, doing brand new stuff <laughs> in the jungles of Africa. Brand new stuff, stuff they'd never seen God do before. Yeah. Just had a blast. And so I've been... strengthen works that's already been established when other people had invited me to go, but we've also done some fresh things. Now, when we got back from Africa, Janie heard the Lord, and I heard the Lord say, he said, no more. Stop. Quit. Until you get further notice. Remember that? That made me sick. So anyway, we spent a lot of downtime. Now, Jack Taylor came in, not this last time, but the time before last. And uh, during, I don't know if it was, I think it was a Friday night ministry time, he prophesied over Jamie and I again. And this has been probably three years ago. Now, I don't have the exact word he spoke. We've probably got it somewhere, but I don't have it with me, so I'm just going to have to give you the gist of it all, and it's as accurate as I can make it be without reading it specifically off the page, but um, the gist of it was this, that it was time to start again, and that God knew what we had done, we were pleased with it, but we were going to be given a new opportunity, and we were going to be given a new opportunity in the Caribbean and in Polynesia places in tropical locales. Made me happy. You know why? Because after we left traditional ministry and we were about to go into uh, what we have now, um, I'm going to tell you that when, when, when we were, when we separated from the old denomination, uh, I wanted to leave Jessup and go to Key West. I just knew that we could go down there and we could have a little bungalow on the beach somewhere and sleep all day, get up late in the afternoon, go down to the beach, build a little bonfire, you know, kumbaya and minister to people on the beach, the bums, the drunks, the prostitutes and whoever and, and uh, maybe roast some weenies or something and, you know, just do that sort of thing because I like that. That's good. I like the beach stuff. Well, guess what? That That's where we learned about real life and real ministry, right down there. 
clothes cost at soup kitchens, you know, 24-hour place and worship. I, we, we learned a lot from him. And so then when Chad started talking about, you know, the Lord's going to put us back on the mission field, but this time it would be on the sand and the sun. This is what he said. He said, you would not be walking the back streets. He said, you'll be on the beach, on the beachhead. needs to be done, what can be done, what can 
so we're very much indebted to those people that have plunged us into missional. Very much indebted to them. And their investment in us and our investment in them, God's not going to let that go by the boards. Okay? He's not going to let it go by the boards. And so this trip coming up in January, perhaps, what I have seen the Lord want to do is this. Is we're going to have two basic things on, on and I'm, I'm going to call this my end because it's things I'm experienced with. It's things I, I know. There's going to be two basic components to what I'll be doing and, and the people who will be going with us who want to assist me and him or and whoever else goes. On, on my end of responsibility, there's two things. First thing will be a crusade. Crusades, three evenings on La Suze. Those crusades will be evangelical. They'll be, I'll be speaking in English and we'll have a translator. At this moment, there are two possible locations for that. There's a church that the, uh, that the mission camp, the mission base has, a meeting hall. It's bigger than the local church, and so that's probably where we will have that. Don't know what that'll look like, other than the fact we are going to be preaching the gospel of the kingdom, which is what you've been hearing for the last several months. We'll also mix in that with the love of Jesus. Love, faith, and hope are the great three things of the Christian faith. And we'll be, we'll be dispensing those three things, faith, love, and hope. But we'll be preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And when that's done, of course, there'll be salvation calls. And, and what we will be needing at that point, we're going to need intercessors to pray at the Crusades. And we're probably going to need people who will help other folks get prayed for. So we'll be needing intercessors. We'll be needing people to actually assist at the altar or during altar time. I don't know what that'll look like yet. And to generally, generally cover the activities of the evening meetings. Now, the other thing my responsibility will be is to do healing schools. They've never had that in lawsuits. But there are sick people there. Okay? One of the things, if you notice... In the scripture where Jesus and his apostles and disciples went, as they, they, they taught, and the scripture says they taught and they did, which means they gave the word, and whatever the word said they could do, then they did it. For example, they laid hands on the sick and the sick recovered. So there's sick people down there. So we're going to have a healing school, maybe in the afternoon, maybe in the morning, don't know yet. I know Kim was telling me some things about uh, the timing of the trip may require us to do that, maybe have a healing school after lunch. So we'll be doing a healing school. It'll last for probably a couple hours, an hour, maybe two. What we do there is we present a short teaching on healing. And this is what happens. Jesus doesn't want you sick, he wants you healed. And here's what he did in the scripture, and he's going to do the same thing today that he did in the scripture. You lay hands on the sick and they get healed. 
so we'll be doing that in the healing school. Now, we'll be actually doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. There'll be three crusades, and there'll be three healing schools. And my experience on the mission field has been those two things, the healing schools and the crusades work hand in hand. Because if something happens <laughs> at the healing school prior to having the crusade that night, word spreads real quick if somebody gets healed. Now what that does is it generates excitement for the evening meeting. People come anticipating and expecting. I'm telling you, one person get healed and it's just like a fire that spreads through the community. Okay? And then, by the same token, what happens in the crusades in the evenings, folks get saved. Maybe, and I'm going there, I don't know anybody. I don't know who's saved and who's not. And so I'm, I'm at, I'll have certain liberty to do things and to listen to the Lord that maybe someone who's familiar with the crowd wouldn't. Maybe. You know, I'm going in, I don't know nothing. I don't know anybody. So here's what could happen at the crusade. Some notorious somebody could get saved. That news too goes through the community like a lightning rod. And so you have a healing school today and a crusade tonight, then tomorrow you have another healing school and another crusade. And so it builds from service to service, ministry time to ministry time. God just does extraordinary things. And especially um, where, the, where light meets certain kinds of darkness. And, and, and see, they've had the gospel there. They've had the message of salvation for a long, long time. How long has the mission been there, Kim? Do you know? Probably because they lived there probably 25 years. 25 years. And so good work has been done. People have been saved. There are churches there. As I've talked with Kim and asked questions, and as she's relayed the information to me based on what she knows, to the best of our knowledge, uh, they really haven't had the opportunity to receive a spirit-filled, full gospel message. Okay? Now, here's where life gets real. The last time, actually left the confines of the compound and they went out into the street and they began to preach the gospel message. Full gospel message. And it stirred into people. God moved in a way that they were unfamiliar with and it stirred the people and there was a positive response to that. Now see, now here's the coolness of God. God goes in there with these three Pentecostal young guys and he stirs the pot. excitement was built into their lives. Something they, they were unfamiliar with that God, another side of God they didn't know. Now what we're going to go in full bore from the beginning right off the get go that's what it's going to be. Now there's something going to happen. Okay? And I don't know what it is quite yet but I do know there's going to be a response 
as it goes to the next level and the next place, we need to be prepared for whatever happens. Now, based on what I read in the scripture, Kim and I, we, we talked about this this morning a little bit. Um, and I'm not presuming anything, but I'm telling you what could happen. some people may be may find themselves in a position where the old ways don't do it anymore. If that happens then and then this, I'm, you know, I'm not going with preconceived this is what we're going to set this in stone this is what we're going to I'm going there with, with basically I'm flying by the seat of my pants. sort of thing, and I'm laid out all these points I'm going to speak about. Okay. The Lord gives you what he wants you to have when you get there and you kind of get going. That's the way it's been with me. Now, it may be God works with different gifts in different ways. That's me. I, 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 I frustrate myself when I do it the other way. Bad frustrate So what I'm going to do is I'm going in with a general idea of how God usually works. Okay? But I'm not going in there with the anticipation or the expectation of planting a church. But what I'm telling you is this, is that something could be born there. And if something is born there, somebody's going to have to bear the responsibility of maintenance and upkeep. Because Acts 16, they went around and strengthened churches. Wherever we go doing mission work, we'll be strengthening the churches and the works that's established that we're invited into through doing that, but we'll be going into new territory. Paul was responsible. Listen to me. He was responsible for the churches he planted. As a father was a child. And if he couldn't be there, he would send one of his assistants to make sure the field was continually tended. And if you read this thing about Macedonia, here's the thing, and I looked this up this morning. You can do a word search on your electronic Bible for Macedonian, and you will see that from Acts 16 through the end of Acts, you will see that Paul was continually sending in. He wasn't in Macedonia all the time. He was continually sending in two to four people to make the circuit around the churches to make sure their needs were being met and they were growing in a healthy never left alone, ever. Ever. How cool to me. I knew he did that, but every time Macedonia hit, it comes up in my, my, uh, min, in my listing. There it was. He would send Timothy and somebody else. Or he would send this one and somebody else. And they would go and it would say they came from Macedonia, which means they had been in Macedonia working. See? 
masseuse will always be in Kim's heart because she has family in it. She's got a baby in it, little Kim. And it's hers. Isn't it? It is. I'm telling you. And she's like a mama bear, possessive of that little fella. <laughs> See, it's her. Masseuse won't be the only place she goes. Because Masseuse is a starting point. Here's what I believe. I believe the things that we sow into in like kind, God will give us back. talk about this some more in the coming days and weeks, but this ministry has sowed in a particular way some things. I'm going to give you one. Okay? Let me see what kind of time I've got. Without waiting on you. Here's one. In a particular way. Years ago, we sowed into, we, we sowed $10,000, our entire building fund, and every penny of some of y'all were there that day. Every penny of it went to a ministry in Pimba to establish a school for leaders and a missionary sending place, sending school, where leaders could come, be equipped, they'd be sent for missions. Well, our mission school was established. They began to graduate people over there. It was really, I think the first time they graduated was like 18 people, and it got more and more. Well, the people who managed and who operated the leadership school they heard the Lord say they needed to move their base of operations to another country, so they had to do something with the school, and so they gave it to another ministry, and they gave it to Heidi and Roland Baker, Heidi and Roland Baker of Iris Ministries. And today, you can go to the Iris website, and they have pictures of that school that originated from money sent from Jessup, Georgia, and our bank account. You can look and see not only the school building, but you can see the students, and you can see how many they are. That's what has happened and originated from here. There is a school in Mozambique that is monstrous in its size, and they are sending missionaries and church planters all over Africa, all over India, all over Asia, all over the earth. There is a base of operations that is theirs. And we're not responsible for the whole thing, but I'm telling you, that school was given to them, and they as good stewards took it and developed it into something wonderful today. And I believe the seed that we sown is going to come back in a like kind. Amen. I'm telling you that now. And all those years of us wondering and not knowing what happened over there and grieving that we didn't have a church building and that we were little in number, that $10,000 that we sent has exponentially created fruit and we are about to begin to receive the benefit of that ourselves.
given him. And if there really is a principle of sowing and reaping and getting fruit off the same tree, then here's what's going to happen. With the prophecy that's been spoken over us about the Caribbean and the sands and all this stuff, coupled with what's happened in the past, here's the deal. We're going to be given a place, or we're going to cultivate a place that God's got set apart for us. We are going to find, we are going to land in, it's going to be revealed to us, our own place, somewhere. And it's going to be in the Caribbean that we can go to, develop relationships with, and bless the socks off people because we have giftings and faith that they need, that God has ordained, that only we can deliver. You see, Paul was the man for Macedonia. We are men and women for something special. And guess how many people went to Macedonia? Three people, not 200, not 100, not 50, not 20, not 10, not 5, 3. Luke the physician, Paul the apostle, and Silas the apostle, who was later known as Barnabas. Or Barnabas, who later became known as Silas. And God took those three men and opened up a door that was monstrous. And I'm here to tell you now, the door that has been opened through our activity and the things that we've done, is already monstrous. It just happens to be in Africa we participated in. Now, we're going to the Caribbean, someplace local. A place where it doesn't cost $20,000 to put on a crusade. You can take $20,000 and do mission work down there for many, many years. You can get there in a matter of hours. You know? And I'll tell you this. Those three weeks that we went through the jungles in Africa, that they tried to kill me twice. I lost weight. Only thing I could eat was beans and rice. <laughs> Dirty rugs preaching the gospel in new places in traditional churches that was opposed to the full gospel message. And I didn't know it, but we went in there and we preached a mighty God who's able. And God came, he visited and honored his word, and he healed people, and he delivered people, and he done signs and wonders there in Africa. We were sowing into something. And I believe today God's going to honor that by opening up another field. And it's just to the south of us. Close by. But lawsuits is a starting point. Our place, God's got set apart for us, and He has chosen you for this time to participate in. I'm telling you, I, I brought y'all a prophetic word this morning. Now you can do what you want to with it, and I'll say this: I'm gonna give it to Kim. Janie knows this. Most people I know 
but I can say this from my own personal experience. Every time I've been, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's uh, wherever it was over there in the Arab country I went, wherever it was in Israel or Kenya or Nigeria, anytime I've ever been anywhere, I didn't really care if I came home or not. I'm telling you, I could care less. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, making it back to the airport on time to return a flight was the least of my worries. somewhere on a mission trip and just not come back. And that's not be derogatory against my wife or my family or any of y'all. See, that's where my heart is. That's where I was born to be. Some of y'all feel the same way. Just to be able to go off one day and God provided such a miraculous don't have to come back to anything other than to renew your visa. And I don't care what color they are. I don't care what language they speak. And I really don't care what they are, but I really like the beach. And I, I really like the beach. So we won't to fill out um, it's not for family it's for each individual and it's got some questions on there about um, the trip upcoming trips you know what your desires are um, part of the process of planning a trip is the ones that are interested in the trip and this particular trip pulling them together and finding out when the best time to go
first time. It is a different trip. I don't know that I would, would I use the word rough trip? Okay, Deborah said could be a rough trip. But the things that are rough about it, I never tell you that <laughs> when I'm done presentations because some of you just have to experience. And, um, you know, I'm not going to set fear in you because it's just different because there, when we are on the island, there is no electricity. There is no Wi-Fi. You know, you can't use your phone and call home. Um, but that is a total blessing. I love it. Um, you know, you sleep in a tent on an air mattress with an electric fan. And um, some people would consider that rough, but that's not really rough because I'm on a high air mattress with a fan looking up at the stars and the moon. So that's not rough at all. Um, the showers you take under the stars, you know, so some of the things, it, it could be considered a rough trip. The ride, the boat ride in July, we did the Jesus boat. And that was my first time on that with the big sails and stuff. And, oh, the Jesus boat. And it, I loved it. I was close to the water, and um, it was a four-hour boat ride. And it, it was wonderful. I would probably take that one over the diesel motor boat all the time. Um, I, but I had an umbrella, too, that I could take in the shade. So there's no shade on that. So anyway, my thing is logistically, you know, it, it's, it's a different process. But you can't just shut out because it's like, oh, it's Haiti. I don't know the language. I don't, I don't know about sleeping in a tent. Well, I, before my first trip, I hadn't slept in a tent since I was 15, you know. So it's what God wants. Um, our steps are ordered of the Lord. If he's telling you to go, he'll provide a way. And um, I just want you to fill out the forms and get them back to me so we can pull that together and then decide. Because everybody has, like, from me, January is a good month for Pastor Keith, but January for because it's tax season, that's my highest month um, with work. So, um, you know, we're looking at the end of January, February. Um, it's still kind of cool. December, January is the coolest months down there. Um, and when I say cool, I did not run my fan all night. And I was under my oversized beach towel with a cover. So... Um, it's just, you know, just pray about it, but fill out the form, get it back to me today if you're here. Um, and sometimes when you fill it out, don't think too hard. Don't overthink it. Just mark it. And um, the crusades, the healing schools, you know, some of that depends on the timing. There will be, um, if we have downtime, there are always projects to be done. The mission house still needs some construction work. Um, bunk beds need to be built so teams can go and stay for an extended period of time without putting up tents. The child sponsorship program, which I'm involved in every time, that always needs updating because they're always getting new children and children moving to the public school. So, um, and you know, if it's around the holiday, we might do something for the children. But it just depends because it is hot. You do have to rest and like, Saying the healing school, oh, it'll take an hour or two. Well, if we say
say we were starting at 1 o'clock, you are truly on island time, and that could be 2 o'clock. And it could go to 2.30 and you're done, or it go to 6 o'clock, enough to go eat dinner, and then come back and do a crusade, which we said would start at 7 and it's 8. It's a true, we do not understand when we say, oh, I'm on island time. We don't have a clue. You do not have a clue until you've been in Haiti. Because everything is delayed. Right, Greg? So hurry up and wait. So, um, and it's flexibility. If you don't have a lot of flexibility, Haiti will grow you in that area. So, um, that's all I have.
other questions? change out of your jar and yes. do things to send to them. Because not everybody may feel like they need to go to right. Haiti, but that doesn't mean you're not a part of what the ministry is to Haiti. Right. Because we all contribute to, to the right hand and the left hand. We're all one family. So whatever God is drawing these into, we still sow into them somehow or another. Right. I've already started going through my closet thinking, this shirt, this shirt, and this shirt need to go. You know, the, these, and honestly, I, I've taken a different mentality. I want them to be dressed as nice as I am. Yes, sir. I, I don't want to send the clothes that I don't wear anymore. I want them to be dressed as nice as I am. And, and 
you know, when I look at a shirt, they may not get my Gamecock shirts, but they'll get nicer shirts. Yes. And them. All of them. Greg, to run into the Gamecock fan down there. There's just many other things that can be yeah, done yeah. here to help those that go there. So, children will not be going on this taking trip first time with us um, they will still be involved because one of the things I have the heart to do back there is uh, is prepare the children for going on missions themselves so we will be doing things back there to prepare them and they will be involved with this trip even if they are physically not going to still going to be helping uh, send things and praying. They're going to be praying and interceding for the ones that do go. And um, we're going to be working on that. That's something that we're going to be starting on within the next month with uh, Back in the Back, along with our regular lessons. But I just wanted to, to know that that is something that I am preparing the children.
just for the CD, what would the payment plan look like? What's the payment plan look like, Kim? speak. 